You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philly sports experience. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Birds Banter Podcast. This is your host, Matt Loopy. The show is presented to you by PHLSportsStation.com. Check them out for all of your Philly sports needs, Eagles, Flyers, Sixers, Phillies, Union, and much more. Um, before we get into this content today, I have a really good episode coming your way. Uh, but before we start, just want to take some time to reflect on the tragic news that we got uh, this past weekend with the passing of Kobe Bryant. Um, I know... I understand that you've probably been seeing this news nonstop these past couple of days, but it needs to be addressed so much because he had such a big impact um, on the entire country, on the entire world. And Kobe was somebody that was from the Philly area, just, you know, 25 minutes away. He went to high school um, in the Philadelphia area. So he had a great impact on our region where most of you um, are supporting the Eagles and other sports teams here had a great impact here and he was a lifelong Eagles fan um, if you guys remember before the Eagles went on to win the Super Bowl before they played the Rams back in 2017 uh, he came and visited the team at the Angel Stadium spoke with them told them how to embrace that mob mentality and really hype them up he was a perfect speaker to help them go in that Super Bowl run especially um, hearing that right before Carson Wentz goes down with an injury they're prepared to make up for that loss and go into the end of the season stronger than ever and uh the video of him at home when the eagles won the super bowl is starting to resurface we post that on phl eagles nation make sure you check it out and it's just so sad to see that now he waited his entire life to see that special moment he was able to enjoy it with his family um watching the eagles finally win their first super bowl that's something he's always been waiting for somebody that has achieved so much in his entire career basketball-wise and, um, you know, with all of his other endeavors in his life. But the one thing he was waiting on was that Eagles Super Bowl victory, and he got that. Um, Obviously, I want everybody to keep their thoughts and prayers going towards Kobe Bryant's family, but also the families of the other people affected that helicopter crash. That is a very tragic event, and it should not be forgotten. I'm very happy to see that Um, The basketball world is still coming together and making these tributes to him. Um, All that stuff is so special. This is a tragic event. And um, just wanted to touch on that a little bit just because of the connection um, that Philly had with Kobe Bryant, but also the impact that he had on so many people nationwide and worldwide. All right, switching gears to the podcast now. Um, Going into the offseason content, in my opinion, the top needs for the Eagles teams are cornerback and safety, you know, the secondary, and then also wide receiver. Wide receiver is a huge need, top on many people's lists. The Eagles have a okay group right now, but really need to prepare for the future and get some more speed. 
So to talk about the wide receivers today, I have Carlos Rodriguez coming onto the podcast. He's with Fourth and John. Um, his Twitter handle is CarlosRod underscore zero two. Make sure you check him out. A lot of great content. Um, so before I switch gears, we're go to a short ad, and then we're gonna kick right off with an interview with Carlos about what the Eagles should do about wide receiver. Um, should they make the decision in free agency, or should they look to the draft to bring this difference maker to the offense? All right, everybody, I got Carlos Rodriguez on the call with me. He's a huge Eagles fan. He contributes to 4th and John, another Eagles page um, like ours at PHL Eagles Nation. Make sure you check them out with um, articles, tweets, podcasts, um, very similar stuff. But, hey, I think we can all agree you can never have enough Eagles content out there. Carlos, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, dude. Um, thanks for having me on. Uh, I, I appreciate you reaching out. Yeah, definitely. Um, so today, we're Carlos and I are going to talk about the wide receiver position. Obviously, yes. a very intriguing one for the Eagles because it's a huge need, uh, um, but there's a lot of different moving pieces to it. So we're going to try to break it down and see should the Eagles target wide receivers in the free agent market or look to the draft. So first of all, Carlos, wide receivers obviously one of the biggest needs this offseason. However, would yeah. you argue that it's wide receiver at number one or, or – is there another bigger need, such as cornerback, safety, linebacker, or any others? So that's a great question. I know this, you know, is geared is going to be geared towards more the receivers. But personally, if I'm kind of ranking them, I'm thinking, I'm feeling right now that the biggest need is probably a DB, mm-hmm. and then I think it's right followed. You know, receiver follows that right after. Um, I just think with like the DB situation is like. You know, Rodney McLeod's a free agent. Jenkins doesn't want to play on his current contract. Uh, Epps is not very good. We saw him, I mean, get torched by DK Metcalf mm-hmm. in that playoff game. But obviously, who who didn't get torched that game by him? You know, and then Rudy Ford was on injured reserve for most of the year. So I think when you look at that safety and, and I mean, the corners, we all have questions about the corners. We don't know what they're going to be like. You know, we don't know. I mean, Sewell struggles to find the field for whatever reason. And when he's on it, he's inconsistent. Um, we have two corners that are going to be free agents in Darby and Jalen Mills. And, you know, everybody else after that seems like they're kind of either slot players in Maddox and uh, Craven LeBlanc. And we have somebody who's either lacking confidence in Sidney Jones or is going through some stuff. We don't know what's going on there. So I think the DB room as a whole needs to be addressed because you can't put on like right now you can't field four people in the secondary and feel confident about it. Whereas, you know, wide receiver, you might be able to throw some names out there who've played with Carson Wentz. It might not be that great, but at least, you know, you'll have like D-Jacks out there, which is mm-hmm. good. So that that's where I'm kind of at with it. But I definitely think wide receiver needs to be addressed, too. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think wide receiver and the secondary as a whole, not just cornerback, not just safety, both of them combined, I think is neck and neck for the top need. I think just the way Harry Roseman goes about drafting and goes about the free agency, he's just going to evaluate each position equally, um, see what the best player is, what the best pick would be in the draft. But Going to the secondary, you mentioned the two safeties in Jenkins and McLeod. Both of their futures are um, not – they're kind of up in the air right now with the Eagles. And then the cornerbacks right now, 
if Mills and Darby don't return, you're starting Rasul Douglas, Sidney Jones, and most likely Avante Maddox in the slot. Is that an okay cornerback group? Yes. Is it going to probably lead you to the playoffs? Unless somebody steps up, no, I don't think so. So um, there's definitely a big question mark there. So they have to evaluate both of these positions. But wide receiver, in my opinion, is going to be the biggest need just because you have Deshaun Jackson coming off of a big injury. I understand that he doesn't have um, that kind of injury history. He's always been a little bit banged up and not missing that much time. So I'm not too concerned. But he is aging. Alshon Jeffrey significantly regressed um they need to replace nelson Aguilar, although he didn't give the production they still need to replace him with a slot guy maybe that's going to be greg ward um jj ortega whiteside didn't do much i think they definitely need to bring in a proven receiver and um the question is is that going to be in free agency or the draft uh and we'll get to that but yeah definitely wide receiver is going to be my top need but secondary is a very close second yeah i mean i i'm not going to argue with that uh, i think because of all those points you just pointed out, it makes total sense. And I've been harping on that they need to hit those two two positions, you know, wide receiver and secondary, hard mm-hmm. this year, last year. So, yeah, I feel it. Yeah, definitely. So the current Eagles wide receiver group is Alshon Jeffrey, which we'll get to in a second, Deshaun Jackson, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, and then their prized, uh, you know, late, uh, late season signees and practice squad players and Greg Ward Jr., Sheldon Gibson, Robert Davis, and Deontay Burnett. So out of that group, in my opinion, the plan of action is going to start with Alshon Jeffrey because he's in a very tricky situation with the team with his uh, contract. They fully guaranteed this upcoming season, so if they decide to move on with that, from Alshon mm-hmm. Jeffrey by cutting him, they're going to lose a lot of money. But it's way too much money for a team to say, hey, we'll we'll take him off your hands. They got it. Howie Rosen really has to work a trade to get rid of him via trade. So it's most likely looking like he stays with the team or they just take the dead hit, uh, dead cap money. So what do you think they're going to do with Alshon Jeffrey in this situation here? Okay, so the way you framed it up is like, what do I think the Eagles are going to do, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, looking at it just because of all the stuff you said, I think I think they'll kind of explore those avenues. Like I, I'm sure Howie Roseman will kind of do his, you know, his thing where he looks at every option. He'll see if there's any team willing to take take on his contract for a certain pick. I think he'll more than likely talk to Alshon to see if there's any preferred destination that he would like to go. How disgruntled is he? All that good stuff, you know. Um, I I think maybe they'll might even talk about should we just eat the cap. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I think he'll end up being on, he'll end up being on the team next year. Now, as far as playing, I'm not sure because his injury, if I'm not mistaken, was that Liz Frank fracture, right? Yes. Yeah. So you know, we saw that kept out Mills for a whole year almost, mm-hmm. or a whole year pretty much, right? And then that kept out Craven for quite some time. So I mean, I would assume we probably won't see him in the first half of the season mm-hmm. if he's on the team which I think he will be, um, you know, I think they'll write it out this season um, unless somebody just says, yeah, we'll take him, take all that money off uh, off your hands. We'll take, you know, just give us the pick. And then maybe Howie Roseman flips him. But I think he's going to be on the team. Um, who knows? Maybe he's IR or PUP until the, you know, to the end of the year. And then they kind of part ways with him after that. So that's yeah. that's where I'm kind of feeling it with him. 
Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of pieces that go into this decision because uh, if you guys remember earlier in the season, all that drama between, you know, uh, anonymous source bashing Carson Wentz in the locker room, people were tying that to Alshon Jeffrey. And then he comes out after Wentz gets hurt in the playoff game and says he feels for him. So it's kind of like uh, Alshon Jeffrey gets accused and then he backs himself up. So nobody really knows what the relationship is. So I think you got to start there. You know, what does he even want to play for Carson Wentz? Is he the one saying that uh, negative stuff about Carson Wentz? But then next, looking at the numbers, if they release Alshon Jeffrey right now, it's not just the 2020 salary that they got to eat. They got to eat all the seasons after that. That's a total of $26 million over the next four seasons, which is a lot of money. And um, I think, first off, you have to explore a trade because if someone's willing to take that, then by all means, go do it, especially if you have to package a pick with it and try to get you know a fourth or a third back in return. And one thing to point out is, the Browns just signed Andrew Barry as their GM and trading in the league is all about connections. You know, Harry Roseman's yep. always making the connections with um, the Ravens in the past. And then he might have something going with Joe Douglas and the Jets. Um, he tried to, you know, negotiate with Robbie Anderson. But now that Andrew Barry is over there, um, I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but it's another connection to look into. Um, they have their wide receiver issues with Odell Beckham Jr. Year, so they might be looking to add a little bit more firepower, but I'm okay with Alshon Jeffrey staying with the team just because of the finance um, aspect of it, because I don't want them to eat that much money. That's a ton of money for. Oh yeah, it's a lot uh, of money. Uh, yeah, for a 30 year old receiver, I mean, that's a big hit. Um, if he's on the field, I think he can produce, but you have to make sure somebody's on the field better than him. You can't make him the top wide receiver or him and Deshaun Jackson, the top wide receivers, because then he's not going to be the 1,000-yard receiver anymore. Uh, you need to be able to replace his production elsewhere if he's going to stay on right. the team. Right. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I like what you pointed out there about um, the Andrew Barry connection, you know. It could be a whole situation where if if he's traded, you know, how he goes, hey, you know, you were on my staff for – Maybe I don't. Even, I don't even think it was a year, a whole year, right? And yeah, so he goes, "Hey, we got. I got you a GM job in about a year with a good amount of control. How about you do me a solid and <laughs> let's make this trade, right?" And I can see something like that happening. Would Alshon be okay with going to Cleveland? Uh, that's something that I'm not too sure about. You know, but yeah, I think the, all those points were pretty good. I liked. Um, I also like the idea of potentially moving him. You know, the whole Joe Douglas connection could be something there too, especially with, you know, the the quarterback, Sam Darnold, trying to, you know, get him settled in, trying to find some. But at the end of the day, I think he probably stays. And like you said, he may not be as great, as dynamic as we had hoped, but he, as long as he's right and healthy, he could provide some, you know, assistance out there he can make some contested catches every now and then and yeah i think you know it is what it is at this point yeah i think he's he played most of the season banged up a little bit because he had that lingering injury in the offseason preseason that probably went into um the first couple of weeks so he wasn't the healthiest receiver um the entire season but right when he was called upon when they needed him to show out against the dolphins although they lost that game he was still 
over 100 yards that game. So he has the capabilities of stepping up. But is it going to be every week? Definitely not. Um, That's my issue with it. If the Eagles want to keep him around, they have to have a plan B option to keep somebody in front of him better. Even if he's still starting on, uh, on the outside, have someone opposite him that can rotate in with Deshaun Jackson that can still give a lot of production because you can't rely on number one, a 30 old receiver, but somebody with that injury history. And then also just the production that he gave in 2019 was not enough. Agreed. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly there I'm with you. Yeah. So um, taking into account this current group of wide receivers and Carson Wentz's play style, but also Doug Peterson's coaching style. Uh, what do you think is more important in the, a new wide receiver, whether it's in the draft or free agency, do you want some size or some speed? So this has been like a big debate that I've been getting on to uh, on Twitter about. It's like, you know, the whole idea that um, we should add another receiver that's maybe similar to what we already have kind of frustrates me. I mean, I don't think like I hear constant names like T Higgins get thrown out there. Who's like a big, you know, similar build to Alshon. And me personally, I think this, you know, team needs a, in fluctuation and infusion of speed and separation because you see the two teams playing right now in the Super Bowl right I mean the Chiefs have a track team that can catch the ball like all their wide receivers are track stars that can catch the ball I mean you know though Mahomes arm is a little bit stronger the play styles are kind of similar where they like to hold on to the ball a little bit throw that thing out there just let it rip so I mean, why wouldn't you want receivers that can get downfield quickly and attack deep and or threats to, you know, make a big play on a simple thing like a slant? So I think getting that speed and separation elements is crucial, especially when we run so much uh, 12 personnel. Eagles run so much 12 personnel. Mm-hmm. And not having two people who are constant vertical threats on the outside is you know hurts the hurts Goddard hurts Zach Ertz and you know not stretching that field and creating that open spaces in the middle of the field for him so me personally I think you need someone who can get open run good routes catch the ball and attack downfield and um yeah so I'm always going to take speed I mean you just got to have that speed right now that's what, how this game is being played so yeah, um, that's where I stand on it. How about you? Yeah, I definitely agree with you because um, going off size first, Alshon Jeffrey has the size. Say he stays on the team, he still has that jump ball capability. And I think people are definitely forgetting about J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. He didn't have the best season in 2019 by all means, but he was drafted to be a replacement for Alshon Jeffrey. He was drafted to be that right. 50-50 ball guy. Did he do that? Definitely not. But I'm not giving up on him after one season. Um, I don't think anybody should just because he has the potential. You saw what he did in college. Um, After a full offseason of being thrusted into a different role is going to be huge for him. But anyways, you already have two size guys. Even if Alshon Jeffrey is not on the team, I trust J.J. Ortega-Whiteside stepping into a bigger role. Obviously, I would like um, one more, possibly like a mid-level free agent signing just to give more size to the team. But speed, all you have is a Sean Jackson right now. Greg Ward has a little bit. Uh, Nelson Aguilar had that yards after catch speed, but he's not going to be with the team. So you're relying on Deshaun Jackson for your speed, which 
doesn't sound that great for me. Obviously, I, I love what Deshaun Jackson does with the off, offense, but you need more than that. And yeah. going back to 2017 when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, the reason their offense was so good was because they had Torrey Smith as their deep threat guy. He didn't right. you know, blow the defense, opposing defense away. He didn't go for 1,000 yards that season, but he created that separation. And who benefited from it? Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, all those guys right. under the middle. So not only do you need a deep threat for Wentz to you know, throw the ball deep to, but having somebody that can stretch the field and open up everything for everybody else and not just have an offense where everybody's running 10 yards, it's going to be huge for Wentz in his development. Yep. And just, just kind of building off what you're talking about, when you talked about like the, the size of the pass catchers, I think we're forgetting about, you know, we didn't really mention the fact that these tight ends, mm-hmm. Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard are not small players. You know, they're both 6'5", 250, 260. They're, you know, good in contested catches. They can do all those things that a, you know, quote unquote possession receiver does. But I mean, for the past few seasons, Zach Ertz has been the possession receiver. That has been Wentz's number one, the dude who can beat one-on-one coverages, the dude who's going to make those tough catches. That's been Zach Ertz. So I don't think adding, continuously adding more receivers like that is going to help. I think, like you said, got to open up the field. We got to get people that can fly down the field or just create that threat of flying down the field. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm in agreement with you again. This is getting spooky here. (laughs) Yeah, the the tight end group is solid right now. And, you know, you mentioned Zach Ertz. He's someone that's just going to catch a lot of balls for you. And it's okay if he just sits down. He's not that guy that's going to take it for uh, a bunch of yards after the catch, but that's okay. Dallas Goddard, on the other hand, when he was drafted, I saw what he did in college. He was an athletic freak, but I'm like, is this going to turn into something special into the NFL? I just thought he was going to be a bigger tight end, a little bit more athletic in the run blocking uh, situations. But he's somebody that when he catches the ball, he could take it 15 more yards because he's so strong, so fast too. So he's a special type of tight end. He's similar to George Kittle in that um, aspect where he can keep the play going. Uh, um, So they have the two extremes for their tight ends, a guy that can just be a possession receiver and then somebody else who can plow people over and uh, stretch the field in that aspect. So they're set, and that definitely helps a lot, but they're both still big bodies. Um, You're not going to put Goddard out there for a 50-yard route, so having a wide receiver that can do that is going to be huge, even if Deshaun Jackson is still on the team. Yep, I agree. So, first of all, we're going to talk about free agency. Um, there's two ways the Eagles can go about getting their wide receivers this upcoming season. First being free agency. It's going to start in March here. Um, which free agent wide receivers interest you the most, and are they worth bringing to Philly? Man, so when you set this up, you know, I did the whole research stuff, and boy, let me just start off by saying that uh, this free agent class is is rough. Mm-hmm. It's rough just all around, up and down. There's not that many players. So um, I kind of went by like five names, mm-hmm. and I'll kind of rattle them off for you right now for everybody to hear, and then I'll like do a quick little thing of why I think you know, they could be considered. So first, I'll just get the obvious one out of the way. Robbie Anderson. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, they had the whole the, – there was the rumors that they had been interested in trading for him. The trade didn't happen. So I'm assuming there's going to be some interest. And I think we had a rumor recently, right, that they're going to be interested in signing him as well. So 
I would assume there's going to be some genuine interest. Now, are they going to be willing to pay the probably 10 to $12 million price tag that it's going to get to take to bring them in? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what it'll take. And, uh, you know, we'll see. The next one here is uh, Philip Dorsett. So, mm-hmm. you know, former, I think he was like a first-round pick, late first-round pick. Yep, correct. Uh, guy who ran like a 4-3. He still has a decent amount of – he's still pretty young, relatively young. I think he's around 27. So there's still some juice left. You know, he's not going to cost as much as, let's say, Robbie Anderson would, but he's still going to provide a threat at the very least. It seems like in uh, New England he got a little bit better at doing the smaller things like route running and, you know, got a little bit more consistent. It wasn't great. He didn't put up great numbers, but I think if you're looking for somebody who's going to cost half the price of Robbie Anderson, he could be one of those guys. Uh, next name here, number three, was uh, Brashad Perryman. So Brashad Perryman, I know, was another first-round pick, another bust. I believe last offseason the Eagles had some interest in him. You know, they brought him in for, like, a quick workout to see if he was uh, – you know, still able to do some things. Then he went to Cleveland, had an okay season there with some big uh, yards after cat or big average. I think he had a lot of very few catches, decent amount of yards. Mm-hmm. And then this year with Tampa Bay, it looks like he's starting to put things together. It looks like some things are clicking. You know, once again, he didn't put up great numbers, but it's looking like it's could be trending in the right direction for him. So I think that could be another low-cost gamble that could pay out, you know, pay off for the Eagles if they make that that signing. So the uh, next one is Demarcus Robinson. Obviously, he's the wide receiver for, currently for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, if it wasn't for, I believe it was this past uh, playoff game where he dropped like three passes or whatever it was, mm-hmm. he, had, he had a bad case of drops. I think this probably would have landed higher on my list but you know at the moment he's having some drop issues but he can still kind of attack downfield a little bit he's not as fast as maybe the other three are but he's still you know able to do that and able to make some plays so and there's a familiarity with you know Doug being in Kansas City I believe at the time that he was brought in of course Doug knowing Andy that whole relationship so there's that and then last but not least, the other guy I could only – the last guy I can think of was Trevor Davis. He played for San Diego for a little bit. He's with the Dolphins. So he's a relatively quick guy with some return ability. Um, he was released during the year, and I kind of thought they would have some interest but didn't really show any interest in him. But um, he could definitely be a very low cost. Just bring him in. Let's see what he does type. Um, other than that, this wide receiver group, those are the only five names I can come up with. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you came up with any of them. What do you think about these current guys that I, that I listed off? What do you What do you think? What do you feel like? Yeah, so I'm I love that list. Um, I'm gonna definitely agree with the top two there. And before I get into that, um, you're 100 percent right about this wide receiver class and free agency. Obviously, the top is highlighted with AJ Green and Amari Cooper, but I would imagine Amari Cooper is probably gonna go back to Dallas. AJ Green right. I'm not ready for the Eagles to take a gamble on a guy like him that injury history they need someone to come in and um, that can make an immediate impact and I'm only gonna I, I 
again, I love your list, but I'm only agree with going to agree with the first two just because okay. we mentioned how speed was so important. I think the Eagles are going to target a player that has speed, but is proven. Um, the okay. guys on the the later part of the list, you know, Perriman, Robinson, and Davis, you know, they're they're good. They have that speed, but I think if the Eagles are going to go all out and try to get a fast receiver, they need to do it right. Um, I would love to sign a lower level free agent piece to try to bring in that speed, but the Eagles are in a position that they need to have that instant impact with the speed. So Robbie Anderson is definitely my first option. He's had a really good career with the Jets so far, and that's with inconsistent quarterback play. Um, Josh McCown in the past, excuse me. So Josh McCown is a decent quarterback, but he was older when um, he was throwing Robbie Anderson. Then he had Sam Darnold the past two years. So I don't think Sam Darnold has even scratched the surface of what people thought he was going to be. So Wentz can definitely treat Robbie Anderson a lot better um, in the Eagles offense. So he's going to be very intriguing to me. I think he would definitely be worth the price tag that that 10 to 12 million that, like you said, um, just because I think he hasn't even hit his prime yet. He has, he's a fast receiver, but in a better offense, I think he can blow up. Josh McCown even said it. He's, he told Doug Peterson, you know, this is the guy you want to go for. And I think with Wentz, he can play really well. Um, so that's my top guy. And Philip Dorsett, I don't think people are talking about this enough. I'm really glad that you brought this up because yeah. he's a player that has a lot of potential. You said he was drafted in the first round. And he's a player that is really fast. He can take the deep ball. But he's someone that reminds me of Nelson Aguilar in the sense that he can take the short, intermediate routes and turn it into something big. And that's something that they're, they're going to be missing yeah. With Nelson Aguilar not on the team, he can put the ball in his hands after a 5-10 yard route, and he can take it in that 20. So that's huge. I think um, he is very high on my radar just because he's not going to be expensive, but he can do wonders in this offense. He can work behind a high draft pick. I think if they sign uh, Philip Dorsett, they're definitely going to draft high for a wide receiver, and that's going to be a really good um, wide receiver group there. And Wentz is going to love him. I think they're going to match up really well. And not that this is a deciding factor, but mm-hmm. in the Patriots offense, he ran some you know trick plays with Tom Brady in that offense. So that's another toy for Doug Peterson to play with. Um, he loves spicing up the offense a little bit. So having that versatile ability, um, he can do a lot. So he's very interesting. I think the Eagles should definitely take a look at him as well as Robbie Anderson. Yeah, yeah. And for you know all those reasons you just said i definitely think philip dorsett is getting kind of like not talked about enough from the fan base just Mm -hmm. because he does have that kind of you know potential like bust label on him you know he he struggled early on and he's still putting things together but that the there's potential there for him to you know be even better than what he is and playing with the quarterback like Carson Wentz, who can get the ball to him downfield, playing with a play caller like Doug Peterson, who's going to try to get him the ball in creative ways, get him the ball quickly downfield, mm-hmm. all these different things, I think could definitely be beneficial for him. Yeah, and I think everybody's so fixated on Robbie Anderson or a first-round wide receiver that they're forgetting the mid-tier guys, like you mentioned, and obviously Philip Dorsett that we're mentioning right now. Um, they're going to fly under the radar, and hopefully High Roseman is keeping his eye on them. But transitioning into the draft, we mentioned that secondary and wide receiver are top 
needs for the Eagles, definitely. And I think the way that the Eagles do their best player available draft mindset, it's going to be secondary in rounds one or two, and then wide receivers, the opposite pick. Um, they can go yep. wide receiver first round, secondary in the second, or they could flip it. Just whatever's there, whatever um, they wish to pick, whatever they think is going to be the best player for their team. So either in the first or second round, who are some players that really stand out to you that you would love to see the Eagles draft? Man. So this is a, this is a tough question. You know, I've been thinking about it like all day. Uh, I think, of course, if I'm thinking like the Eagles, it's just all going to kind of depend. Like you said, who's on the board at the time. I would love personally, if like Henry Ruggs fell to 21, Mm -hmm. like that's a dream scenario Mm -hmm. because that's, that's the perfect blend of being able to get on the field now and produce while also having a very high ceiling to where he has certain things that he can, you know, work on and get even better at and which is pretty, you know, great. But I don't know if that's realistic at the moment, but that would be like my top top receiver in round one. Cause I think the other two, you know, Judy and Lamb are probably gonna go higher, a lot yeah. higher, but I'm hoping Rugs can get into that that range, and you know. But if it's not Rugs, um, I like if I'm thinking about just prospects in general. Of course, I'd like Xavier McKinney, the mm-hmm. safety from Alabama, because he was he's the type where he kind of played all over the place, very similar to Minka Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. You know, he he played single high. He came down at the box. He covered the slot. He did all this and. You know, that's a player that's needed in this defense right now because, you know, the Eagles rotate their safety so much. They rotate them down. They'll rotate them back up depending on the coverage checks. And so, you know, he would be able to be on that back end. And that would mean you could either move on from McLeod or Jenkins, whichever they choose to do, mm-hmm. and not feel like you're too worried. Also, another one who's very similar would be Grant Delpit. Mm-hmm. who's, you know, seen his stock fall just recently just because, you know, he it looks like he either played timid or played injured or there's some questions about his, you know, how he, what he was doing at the time. So um, I like Grant Delpit, Xavier McKinney. Uh, if I had to think about another corner, I would say TCU's Jeff Gladney. Now, mm-hmm. that's like a big shot because he's not getting a lot of round one love, but I mean – he is a really good athlete. He's sticky in coverage. He's got, from what I can tell, some good eyes when he's playing zone coverage, and he knows how to jump routes, and he makes the catch, and he can tackle. So to me, those all kind of sound like things that Jim Schwartz might see and go, yep, that, you know, I like that type of style. Yeah. Um, and finally, if I'm going to throw another receiver in there, I think um, first round maybe – if they feel good enough about him, would be TCU's Jalen Rieger mm-hmm. or Jalen Rieger. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but that's a receiver where the ceiling is pretty high. He has a lot of things to work on, but he's explosive. You know, he's going to run four, three, and he's just going to be able to create it after the catch attack deep. And for being five eleven, like one eighty five, he can still, he tries to go up and high point the ball a lot. So, you know, I definitely like him. Whereas, like, second-round guys, you know, it's guys like Brandon Ayuk, of course. Everybody's afraid of Pac-12 guys now, so got to move <laughs> off of him. 
you know, safety like Ashton Davis. I really like Ashton Davis. Um, then we got, let's see, who else? My receiver, KJ Hamler, Penn mm-hmm. State, right? That's the, he's got the, the nickname of the human joystick. I wrote about him and how, you know, it's another one of those guys. You can just get the ball into his hand, let him do his thing. And so those are kind of the guys I'm feeling round one, round two at the moment. Um, yeah. You know, what are, what are some of your thoughts about like some of them? I think, I think what is interesting about this, this whole receiver class is there's a whole lot of quality players that are going to be taken on day two. So mm-hmm. like we're gonna see a lot of starters come from second to third round, maybe even some fourth rounders. So I'm not gonna panic if the first two picks aren't receiver, because we might still get one in that third round. Yeah. You know? But yeah, yeah. What do you think of some of those names I kind of threw out and rattled? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Um. So right now the the class for wide receivers and the secondary is really good. Um, Eagles are in good hands because they really can't go wrong. Um, I say that knocking on wood a little bit just because Eagles have failed in the past uh, when these have been needs. But, I mean, just looking at the wide receiver class, it is loaded. Like you said, there can be starting caliber players drafted in day two, possibly the early stages of day three. And um, what I'm most looking forward to is the combine because – I'm really excited to see how these receivers are going to separate themselves because right now you got the top guys in Judy and C.D. Lamb. Uh, T. Higgins and Henry Ruggs are kind of thrown up there in that conversation. But then after that, it's just a whole lump of wide receivers. But after they get their 40-yard dash times and all those other measurables, it's going to really start uh, coming into place. And the Eagles are going to start to see who could be there for them at uh, pick 21 right yeah. now. Henry Ruggs, definitely top of my list. Um, I really like him as a player out of Alabama. And also, receivers out of big schools, I don't think you can go wrong. The Eagles try to take a gamble with Arthur Whiteside out of Stanford, Aglor out of uh, USC, that these Pac-12 schools, little smaller schools, there's nothing wrong with it. But if they're going to try to get a proven receiver, I'm all for going for an Alabama receiver, LSU, uh, Clemson, those bigger schools because they're exposed to the best coaches um, and the best competition. So I think it starts with Henry Ruggs and T. Higgins. Obviously, we mentioned earlier that T. Higgins is similar to Alshon Jeffrey and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, but if he's there, that's going to be hard to pass up on. He's a really talented receiver. Uh, Jalen Rieger is another very intriguing prospect. Like you said, he has that explosive ability. LaVisca Chanel is definitely interesting, but I think a lot of people are shying away from him just because he's from... Colorado um, from a smaller school and like I said I think the safe bet is to go from a bigger school like an SEC type of uh, program but Chenault is a great receiver a lot of great things said about him so far Um, very versatile so I wouldn't count him out but going into the second round my eyes are all on Brandon Ayuk and KJ Hamler like you said two very explosive players uh, yet again and we mentioned this pretty much the whole podcast the Eagles need to get speed, and those are the two guys that are the best speed, one of the best, two of the best speed guys in the draft. And if the right. Eagles choose to go for a player in the secondary or even possibly a linebacker uh, in round one, if they like a guy on the defensive side of the ball round one, 
they're it's not panic mode. They can go and get Hamler or Ayuk and be in great hands, get that speed guy, and also rely on free agency the month before. Try to get someone like Philip Dorsett or Robbie Anderson to complement them even better and form that final group. Um, so I really like a lot of these players in the draft, but again, I'm waiting to the combine to see how they're going to separate themselves because last year we saw Miles Sanders as a, I would say, a third-round prospect, fourth-round prospect, and then after he right. blew everyone in the way in the combine, he shot up to round two. So you can't count anybody out. Uh, there's a lot of talent, and it's really going to start coming into place next month. Right. Um, just to kind of, you know, we were just talking about all these prospects. Um, you, you brought up LaVishka Sinal, and I know he's constantly, you know, mocked to the Eagles. And me personally, um, I feel like there's a whole lot of things, like very, you know, basic thing that he needs to work on. Obviously, if you watched his games, that, that, that Colorado offense didn't help anybody. Steven Montez didn't help anybody. I mean, they sent him on so many just short crossing routes, slants. There wasn't much to what he was asked to do. He ran some bubbles. Everything was kind of like, hey, quick, I'm going to get this into your hands. You know, there was a few deep balls down the field here and there. But, I mean, very rarely, if I remember correctly, would Montez hit them. Um, I think Chenault's ceiling is high. But his floor is also kind of low. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's pretty low. And, and, like, if he never gets better at the things that he needs to get better on, which is, like, his release work, his route running, his tracking the ball downfield, I don't think – I think he's more of, like, the Cordero Patterson. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, chess piece, you can kind of move around and, you know, get the ball into his hands. You, you uh, manufacture touches for him. I don't know if that's worthy of round one. I mean, me personally, I could probably talk myself into it if it's like round two. But, you know, just wanted to touch on him real quick because I know that's like one that's constantly getting mocked by a lot of people. And again, again, with your T Higgins, I mean, I think if that was the pick, I would me personally probably be pretty upset. I've been like, if you scroll through, if you just like search my name and T Higgins, you'll see I've been pretty (laughs) anti T Higgins. Um, Just because I'm constantly like, you know, the team's got to get more explosive. He's still, you know, while he is a good vertical receiver and had good averages, it was more about him being able to beat people at the catch point and high point the ball and do Mm -hmm. those things. So it's like, you know, uh, don't we have two of those players already? And, you know, it, it would, it would be hard. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, I think Higgins, if the Eagles are targeting him, it would probably be because they already made a decision on Alshon Jeffrey to get rid of him. I think if Jeffrey's gone, Higgins is definitely going to be high on the radar. But if Jeffrey's on the team, along with Ortega Whiteside, speed is definitely the pick there. To me, to even go further, that is like if they're targeting Higgins, I think Jeffrey's gone and they've already made up their mind or Howie has made up his mind about JJ. Yeah. To me, that tells me it's like, you know, he owned up to the whole, oh, I, you know, we made some misses. And mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what the quote was, but talking about how there were like three, four receivers taken afterwards that were producing, that ended up producing better. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, uh, JJ's going to need to be able to show some stuff. So if they go in and they've, you know, how he makes up his mind about them, I'd be like, well, okay. 
as long as there's a plan moving forward. But yeah, um, yeah, uh, some of those. Yeah, I like I like most of those picks though, definitely. Yeah, I mean, like we're saying, there's an abundance of talent, so I want to say the Eagles can't go wrong, but I. <laughs> I kind of take that with a grain of salt because they, if you look at their wide receiver history, if you look at their secondary picks history, it's not the best um, to say the oh. least. They've made plenty of misses, but Howie Roseman knows that this, these are the biggest needs going into the off season and he needs to hone in and make the best selection possible. And hopefully we'll see a really, really good wide receiver group going into 2020, going into 2019, it was arguably one of the best receiving cores in the league because you had Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, and Nelson Agler, who was coming off of two pretty good seasons, um, looked really good. But then injuries happened, regress- regression happened, and all of a sudden they had no depth. So building that depth is really important, which leads us into our last segment. Um, if you could form five to seven wide receivers, an ideal group uh, for 2020, what would it look like? Oh man, I'm I'm living in an ideal ideal situation, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, going ideal here. So I'm gonna say, even though I've already said Alshon sticks around, he'll stick around, but he'll be on IRPUP. But we'll mm-hmm. count him towards there, so it'll be Alshon, JJ, Deshaun. This is where it gets hard for me. Now, see, this is the one where um, this will kind of determine how high a receiver's drafted, right? The free agent. So I think if we're going, I think you got to go big and get aggressive, right? So I'm going to say Robbie Anderson. Okay. That would be your top four, right? Mm -hmm. And really, for most of the year, it's Deshaun Jackson, Robbie Anderson, and JJ. Yeah. Uh, Then you got, so that's four. I'm going to say a f- the next would be somebody like, what do we got here? Give me, once again, I might get a little aggressive and say someone like KJ Hamler. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Greg Ward. Okay. So I think that's about what, like six? Yeah, I think if you six. go into the season with those six, you might have to add somebody else that could play special teams because the Eagles are big on special teams. But if you go into the season with those six, I mean, I think that's automatically just way better than what they had. Yeah, I agree. My list is almost identical. I just went a little bit cheaper. Instead of Robbie Anderson, I'm going with Philip Dorsett. And the only reason I'm doing this is because although – Robbie Anderson is the top receiver I want the Eagles to get in free agency. I think the Eagles are going to target a cornerback in free agency, specifically Byron Jones. And that's where I think the money will be spent. Although they have a ton of cap space, I think Byron Jones is going to be the top uh, prospect for them. That's who I've been talking about the past couple of weeks. So I think if they spend big on him, or not huge, but decently big, then they're not going to go big on Robbie Anderson. So that's why I'm going to bring in Phil Dorsett. And uh, still bring back Greg Ward, still bring back Ortega Whiteside. And then the top guys are going to be Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, and KJ Hamler. And I think that's a great positional group right there. A lot of speed complemented with the bigger receivers like Jeffrey and uh, Ortega Whiteside. And then Greg Ward is the versatile receiver that can play in the slot. 
And then you also have the tight ends. That is an amazing offense right there. Yeah, definitely. And I'm not going to lie. I think at the beginning, I was going to say pretty much the receiving corp that you put out there. But I was kind of like, you know, I'll, I'll live dangerously. You said in an ideal situation. So I'll say mm-hmm. they spend big money. But I do kind of agree with the plan that I think it's probably going to be to attack with, you know, free agency with getting Byron Jones, securing, I would hope, securing a receiver like Philip Dorsett, and then, you know, seeing if they can get that KJ Hamler or Brandon Ayuk in round two. And, I mean, if it's Hamler and Dorsett added, like you said, that that receiving that those that set of pass catchers just gets way better, way more consistent, and it's going to be a dangerous group to pair with uh, Carson moving forward. Yeah, and not only is it better, it's more depth because going into this past season, it was uh, you know Matt Collins and JJ, I think, a white side at the bottom, but now it's players like possibly Philip Dorsett and Greg Ward who are a lot better than Matt Collins. Um, I think we yes. can all agree on that. So it's not only the skill at the top, but it's the skill at the bottom right. too. So if injuries happen, if Alshon Jeffrey can't start the season, if he's on the team, there's definitely weapons that you can plug in and still not uh, lose a beat on the offensive side of the ball. 100% agree. Yeah. yeah. So I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, this is awesome conversation about the wide receivers. Um definitely a lot to consider going into the off season. And I think, like I said, I think the combine is really going to shape things up, up for uh, the future picks that they're going to make in free agent acquisitions. But um, Carlos, thanks so much for coming on. If you guys want to check out his work on Twitter, he's again, contributed for fourth and John, make sure you check them out. And his Twitter handle is Carlos rod underscore zero two. Make sure you check him out. Yeah. A lot of good work. Uh, we've been following thank each you. other for a while now and uh, you won't be disappointed. So thank you again, Carlos. Thanks. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for, you know, bringing me on. It's been super fun. I love talking all this stuff. And like uh, like Matt said, if you go kind of on my Twitter, you'll see that this is whenever I got some free time, this is all I'm doing. So I appreciate it. Yep. All right, everyone. That's it with uh, me and Carlos. So thanks for tuning in. And we'll be back in a second. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Hope you enjoyed the discussion about the wide receivers. We talked about a lot, um, debating whether the Eagles should go into free agency or the draft. We kind of came to a verdict that both need to be addressed. So hope you enjoyed the discussion today. If you've been listening for a while, thank you so much. Um, if you're new to it, the best way to keep in touch with Birds Banter and see our new content, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Birds Banter and then Instagram at Birds Banter PHL, always posting updates, always posting videos of the podcast, uh, the podcast links themselves. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite platform. We're all over the place on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it may be. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please let me know, leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss another Birds banter. And go Birds!